This episode of the Weekly Regular is brought to you by... Lemon Pepper Wet presents All Flats. Lemon Pepper Wet, I have learned, is a style of not only chicken wings, mm-hmm. um, a way to order them, but it's also an improv team. Uh, Lemon Pepper Wet is an improv team comprised of very funny improvisers from the Southern California, well, from all over the United States by way of Southern California, and uh, I am a member of that, of said improv team, Mm. and that improv team is putting on a show called All Flats at uh, the Comedy Central stage on Santa Monica Boulevard, and that show is on Thursday, October 10 at 8 p.m. Sing it with me, Luke. Thursday, October 10 at 8 p.m. One more time. Thursday, October 10 at 8 p.m. Ooh, harmony. There it is. Uh, Come out and see Lemon Pepper Wet. Uh, It's going to be really funny. Uh, Do some improv comedy. And uh, Luke Alon, the science mom, will be there. Do signing autographs. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll do my best to Signing autographed 8 by 10 photographs. His headshots. (laughs) Come. Bring them. I don't have them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bring, if you bring a picture of Luke Galan the science, go to go, what's your what's your Instagram, Luke? It's uh, Art by Luke Galan. So go on Instagram. Go to Art by Luke Galan. Follow him. Screenshot one of his pictures. Take it to take it to put it in Photoshop. Stretch it to eight by ten. Print it out. Uh, if you don't have a computer, go to Walmart. Tell them you want it eight by ten. It's going to be pixely. Oh well, you just go to Walmart and be like, "I need a Luke Galan headshot," and they'll and have those. They'll know what they'll to do. Them, yeah. yeah, and then you bring that headshot uh, to the show, Lemon Pepper Wet. Uh, when is that show, Luke? That was Thursday, October tenth at. 8 p.m. Yep, and then uh, after the show, Luke will be signing uh, headshots, and you can get your headshot signed and get a sticker from Weekly Regular. Um, Luke was not planning on going to the show, but if you bring a headshot that you have printed out yourself, we will we, sign it. No, and I will get Luke there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just let us know ahead of time. We'll make sure Luke is there. We'll kidnap him if we have to. It'll All roll right. me out in a cage. That's exactly. Fine. What do you say we get into the show? Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan. And my name is Brandon. Are you sure your name is Brandon? Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, because you weren't in the room when this happened and we've since deleted the file, Brandon has forgotten how to do a podcast. So. Whatever, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, but fortunately for him, I am here to carry the brunt of this show and do it all by myself. <laughs> well, not all by yourself, because we have a very special guest today. That is today. true. We got a very... The return of the infallible, incorruptible, influential, incomprehensible, incomprehensible, irreprehensible, (laughs) inconsequential, irreverential, irreverential, and reverential, Mm. and he's a pastor, and influenza, and influential, and influential influencer. And a man of science. He's a gentleman and a scholar. Luke Galan, the science mon. Hit Let's the give theme. him a big welcome. Galan, the science mon. Welcome to back to the show, Luke Galan. Thank you, guys. So glad to be back. Luke Galan, we're so happy to have you back. You got a Jurassic Park t-shirt on. I do. I do. And the thing I appreciate about your Jurassic Park t-shirt is that it looks like you've had it for a long time. I have, actually. I didn't buy it distressed. I just suck <laughs> at laundry. That's, you didn't uh, buy it at Target last year. <laughs> no. The year before. The year before. Uh, you, uh, so as a man of science, are you a big Jurassic Park fan? I love Jurassic Park. Um, Only Jurassic Park. Are they, are, uh, have you seen all of them? All of them. All of them. Which yeah. is your favorite one? The first oh, one? Oh, Fallen Kingdom all the way. 
no, no, just kidding. I'm oh, sorry. I was gonna say. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna have to see you out. So, Uh-oh. would you say that Fallen Kingdom is a bad Jurassic? It is a pretty bad Jurassic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, uh, what? What? Um. Ep- what? So they did. Uh, they did. Uh, let's see. Jurassic Park. They did uh, Jurassic World, which is the second one. They did Jurassic Park three. Or I'm sorry. They did Jurassic Park two. Jurassic Park three. Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom. So that's the fifth one. You could say. You could say that's Jurassic five. That is Jurassic 5. All right. That's a, that's that's a deep right. cut. All right. If you got that, man, hit me up on Instagram. I'm going to send you some stickies. Some stickies. <laughs> um, so uh, you, uh, what's your favorite? You know what my favorite element of the uh, the Jurassic Park movies is? What is it? It's in the third one when the Jurassic Park, when the Jurassic Park, when the dinosaurs are like smart. Oh, is that? And they uh, like start setting traps for the people in the. That's the one with William H Macy. Uh, no, I, here's the here's the best part of any Alan, Jurassic Park movie. Tia Leone. We've been over that. Oh man, when he's nervous to go. You know what I'm talking about, Luke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like sleep on the airplane, and he's nervous to go back to the island, and they're like over, and the dinosaur is like strapped into the seat, and it's clearly a puppet. Alan. No, I love in the Lost World where like. The Lost World is the third one, right? The second one. Okay, Jurassic Park three. Then it's the one yeah. with uh, the, the lazy title. Yeah, yeah, with William H. <laughs> They're like, yeah, well, I just well, call it Jurassic Park three. We'll come up with something later. Like one of the they go for some reason they go to the island with like a bunch of like mi- like paramilitary guys. Yeah, and I remember the line specifically. It's like, it's like a, you mean like a booby trap? <laughs> <laughs> and the implication is that the Velociraptors have said booby traps for. The uh, people involved. Yeah, no, my favorite scene is when they're like, uh, you know, they got the, like the, well, I guess spoilers for like a 50 billion year old movie or whatever this is. Uh, but they got the eggs in the little uh, basket. I what think are it's they a 65 yeah. million year old That's movie. That's right. Yeah, I thought you were and supposed then, to like, be the science mom well, here. Well, I, I love the part where they're like, uh, they got, they want the eggs. Just present them the eggs. And like Tia Leone's character is like doing like a, a bow. And she's like, here, take these as a sacrifice burnt offering to you, Lord of the velociraptors and they just look at each other and like nod to each other and bounce yeah they're it's smart like, man what, what, what about like, a smart dinosaur don't you understand us mothers get each other i'm out you know that's uh, mother that, to mother that yeah. was like a trend in hollywood movies for a while it's like what's scarier than a wild animal is a wild animal that's smart or a mom it's like no sharks are still scary and, whether or not they know what you're thinking and specifically the line they're hunting for sport <laughs> yeah, yeah a lot of animals do that um, uh, we're not here to talk about Jurassic Park today, though. No, we're no, definitely no. not. We're here to talk about another movie. What movie is that? Uh, I'm talking about the movie Ad Astra. I think you mean the movie Mad Max, bruh. <laughs> no, I think I'm talking about the movie uh, Sad Bradstra. Who, uh, it's a movie about Brad Pitt who's sad about uh, the state of affairs with the universe and his father. Well, Brad Pitt is in this movie. He is. And he's searching for his bad dadstra. <laughs> no, I think you're thinking of uh, the movie. It's, it's a different movie. It's not It's not Brad Pitt. It's with Josh Gad. Duh. Oh, no, my God. Fizzled, fizzled. Yeah. This is a movie uh, that we, we saw. And Luke, we wanted to have you on to talk about it because there's a lot of science going on. Yep. It's a lot of science. Um, so, uh, Brandon, why don't you give us a rundown of a quick overview of the plot? 
Okay. Is this spoiler filled? This is spoiler oh, yeah. filled. We'll if, put in we'll, before this starts. We'll go back and record a uh, a spoiler warning for the top of the episode. No, I feel like the the top of the episode Jurassic Park stuff was fun, and uh, people people definitely still want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 we won't re-record over that. We'll just record like a separate like. No, I'm saying this is your spoiler warning right now. You're eight minutes in. This well, is your spoiler warning. Well, no, because we've already spoiled it by saying he's after his bad dad. Stroke. Well, that's yeah, in but the if trailer. You saw the trailer. No, yeah. but in the trailer it doesn't tell you if he's good or bad. It's just that he's lost. Oh, I don't think that's. I a, mean, he I, has like that evil spoiler. smile in the yep. trailer. Yep. And it's we'll Tommy Lee Jones. And do like a quick thing that says, "Hey, All right, whatever." Yeah. Um, okay, so let me tell you about the the movie. Um, listener, this is a very spoiler filled thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's make this a, a sixty second uh, a summary of the plot. Okay. Brad Pitt is an astronaut. It opens at the beginning. Is he a good astronaut or a bad astronaut? Okay. Um, <laughs> he is an, just an ad astronaut. Well, no, he's like the most amazing astronaut, right? He's he a fantastic yeah. astronaut. Yeah. He's a rad astronaut. This <laughs> <laughs> is going to be the whole This is going to be really difficult to get through. Okay. So he's an astronaut. At the beginning, there's an incident. He's working on the. Uh, the international space antenna. Yeah, right. Not um, to be confused with the space, the Seattle Space Needle. <laughs> it's much taller. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he uh, is very calm and very collective, and he has his emotions in check. So, so we should pause there uh, and just take a pit stop, Luke. Uh, is I thought I was going to just give a sixty-second summary oh, okay. of the whole thing. I guess you can keep going. Um, so he has an incident. Uh, because there's like some sort of crazy flare. There's like some surge of power or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, he falls off the thing, survives. He's fine. Uh, he recovers. Then the government is like, hey, um, you're our best astronaut. And uh, you're, a ra- you're a rad astra. And um, we need you to go on this super secret mission. It's revealed to the audience that his dad, who was Tommy Lee Jones, went on the Lima Project, which was they were searching for intelligent life, uh, like out by Neptune. And is Lima an acronym? I don't know. Life in Martian? No, life in. I think I feel like it's probably a. It's uh, probably some like movie acronym or yeah. something like. Uh yeah maybe um. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but uh, and his his they lost contact with it like 16 years ago, so he's presumed dead, and he's hailed as a, a space pioneer hero. Um, and they say, guess what? We think he's alive, and we think that he is the one sending these flares from Neptune. Yeah, and it's we think uh, he's gone crazy, and now he's a mad astro. <laughs> Yes. And they're like, this is actually really dangerous. It's threatening the whole solar system. So what we need you to do is we need you to send a secure uh, laser transmission from Mm -hmm. Mars Mm -hmm. because this is in the the near future. They've settled some stuff on Mars and the moon. And so he's got to fly to the moon. Uh, and then from there, he he get, catches another rocket to Mars. Uh-huh. So there's a there's a so he so Brad gets on a rocket, goes to the moon. Another rocket that's on its way to Mars stops by to grab Bradstra, 
and then, oh and then okay and then continue and on to mars they continue on to mars and he makes it on to mars it's still like very highly classified stuff uh-huh. he went there with a crew um and once he's on mars uh he's there for a while they don't really hear back from his dad he sends a transmission and they're thinking because he's his son that he'll respond and right. they'll they'll get something out of him like an um, some kind of emotional response and uh they get nothing uh and then they maybe get something and then they go hey um yeah we're done we're sending you back to earth and he's like wait what what's happening why and then all throughout the movie you're having these uh like psychological evaluations that he has to do while he's in space blade runner 2049 style exactly and uh to make sure that he's stable um and he's like the best of the best and his heart rate is <laughs> his always heart, low it, it never climbs above 80 beats per minute yeah. no matter what yeah uh even and, when he was plummeting to his death yes and this situation it was like 85 oh no <laughs> uh and so then the director on mars is basically like hey I don't know what's going on. Tell me. He tells her what he, what he knows, and then she's like, "I can get you on the rocket um, because there's a rocket. I don't know if you know this. The rocket you came on is about to leave to go to Neptune, and there's nukes on board." She's like, "I need to know what's happening," and so he then discovers uh, not only that his father is actually a monster, and ha- he's, a, he's a bad dad. He's a, <laughs> he's a bad dadstra, and he. Um, he ended up killing his whole crew uh-huh. um, in a a botched mutiny attempt. Um, he killed. They tried to. They wanted to go back to Earth. He was like, "No, the mission's the most important thing. We have to continue on." He killed the good and the bad, um, and it's just him out there. And so he realizes he's a monster. And now that they can't successfully make contact with him, they're going to blow him up and and kill him. So he says, "Hey." I'm going to, the director says, hey, I'm going to get you onto the rocket. So uh, Brad Pitt makes it over to the rocket. He climbs up like through the engines right before it's about to take off, which I have questions for you on that, Luke. And then right as it's taking off, he climbs into the the bottom hatch, gets into the rocket. And uh, he, he gets into the rocket and they... The, the three people in the crew that knew he was on board that he had just flown with and they're like hey you can't be on board and he's like I'm not a threat I'm coming to Neptune with you and they try to fight him um, basically uh, he murders them he, one of them dies in an accident one and of he them murders comes out the other knife. two yes he murders the other two and he's like I have to make it to Neptune I have to I have to I have to and once the other ones are dead would you say that <laughs> It's a necessity for Brad Pitt to do it, so Brad has to get to where his dad is. Yes, Brad has to. And so then Brad has to ask his dad to stop. (laughs) It's so stupid. Oh, man. Uh, Brad has to ask his dad to stop. Okay, so then Brad Pitt uh, climbs into the cockpit, and then 
I don't know if this happened in your guys' showing, but in my showing, there was another power surge, and the entire theater lost power, and then it went back to the, like, AMC pre-roll stuff. Wait, that really happened? Oh, that and, happened to you? And then they came in and they said, hey, guys, we lost power. We're so wait, sorry. Wait, what do you mean you don't know if it happened in our screening? You think that AMC partnered with Universal or whoever made this movie to do, like, some elaborate... An incredibly immersive experience, and, and, yeah. And some elaborate... Elaborate 40x gag. <laughs> hey, I don't. This is why I'm asking you guys. Is, is that what happened? That would have been a very bad gag strip. <laughs> um, and then we lost power, and um, and then they came in and they said, "Hey guys, we're sorry. Um, you can wait it out." Uh, and I waited in the theater for 15 minutes, and then there was nothing. And so then they said, uh, "We'll give you vouchers so you can come back." And so they gave me three vouchers, and then. Um, uh, me personally, I didn't have time to see the rest of the movie, <laughs> and so I looked it up online uh, on what happens. So maybe I know what happens, oh, right. but I didn't witness it myself. Oh, so you didn't witness how bad it actually was? I didn't witness the bad actual <laughs> movie. Movie. Um, uh, so you, you, I'm gonna pass the baton from here, but know that I was furious. Yeah. Uh, right at the beginning of the the last act. The last so you, actra. <laughs> last actra. Um, uh, okay, so you saw right when he murdered those three people and that was it? Yeah. Okay, so he murders the three people and he flies to his dad. Uh, and To Neptune. To Neptune, in Neptune's orbit. And he like docks the ship like in Neptune's orbit uh, for some reason. Oh, there's uh, another surge, right? There's like another like that. surge that like after the one yeah, that the knocked one out that the AMC. Up. Okay, there's cool. another surge, and um, his like his like flight uh, systems are down or something. So he has to like dock in Neptune's orbit and like essentially like spacewalk or like space jump, jump to like his father ship, which looked really, really, really far away, like hundreds of yards away, mm. um, if not thousands of yards away, uh, and he. He does that. Um, well, oh no, sorry. To get to his ship, he takes like there's like an escape pod, like a like a okay. like a like a trans transport yeah. vehicle, like a droid he, escape pod. Yes. One of those tiny ones. He takes it from his main ship to his dad's ship, uh, and he has to like navigate through the rings of Neptune, which is like a bunch of space debris that Ooh, orbits fun. Neptune. I, I don't know, that sounds like it'd be cool to watch. They, they, they kind of gloss. That over sounds that. like it'd be cool to watch. It happens yeah. really okay. quickly. Uh, he gets to the ship. Uh, he gets on the ship, and there's like a bunch of dead bodies floating in the airlock. Uh, that his dad didn't feel like clearing those out. No, obviously he, he he's only focused on the mission. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so he. Well, maybe maybe they don't bother his dad, right? Because his dad was uh, well. I guess th he discovers his dad. Okay. Right. right. And uh, and in 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 the scene is goes it it it's very it's a very abbreviated interaction. But he he confronts his dad. His dad's like just he doesn't have to really search for his dad very long his dad is basically just in the other room tinkering with stuff and he's like uh dad and they have this conversation where his dad in a very stilted way tells him uh, i never cared about you or your mother or anything back on earth all i care about is this also he tells him he's blind so he tells him he's he's, he's, he's got cataracts yeah they got bad so he can't really see um, and so he's basically like, I never cared about anything except his mission and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going back, blah, 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 blah. Brad, he agrees though. He yields finally when Brad Pitt's like, come on, you got, you got to Brad. 
Oh, you got to, Dad. Sorry. <laughs> he's like, you got to come back. And he's like, all right. And he put in he in a moment like that. I guess is supposed to be tender. Brad Pitt puts a spacesuit on his dad, like kind of the way you would dress like an old man with Alzheimer's kind of thing. Yeah. And then they go out on the ship and they're preparing to like. I guess jump back to Brad Pitt's ship and when his dad basically was like actually no I, I don't want to go and he like unhooks himself and he's like Brad Pitt's like holding him by the hand he's like you've got to let me go in the most on the nose dialogue there's ever been written he says you got to let me go son you got to let me go or whatever and Brad's like no and then he finally does I will never let you go physically or metaphorically exactly and then he lets him go eventually and he drifts off into space uh, into the empty black void. Oh, and it's also revealed in that that there is, he never found alien life. Yeah. He, he searched almost all. Uh, he searched all the planets that he was he could find, and there was no alien life that he found. Mm. And so he was in the end. He's consumed by the very thing that he was trying to trying to you know figure out was the blackness in the void of space. Anyway, so Brad Pitt's like, oh man, now I'm sad. So he's like, but I got to get back to the ship. So he like grabs a piece. He's a sad Brad. He's a sad Brad Brad So he gets like a piece of like uh, uh, like sheet metal from the ship that he's on and like gets on this like thing that's like spinning. It's like an antenna type thing to get momentum to like throw himself from that ship back to the other ship. Mind you, this is like thousands of yards away. (laughs) And he grabs this piece of like sheet metal and he like gets on the thing that's spinning and he like jumps and he uses the sheet metal to block the debris in Saturn or in Neptune's rings from obliterating him and we'll get into the science of that. It's like a Spartan shield. You know what I'm talking about? And then he gets back to his ship, gets in his ship detonates the nuclear bomb on his dad's ship and he rides the nuclear explosion as his propulsion system surfs it he surfs it to get out of neptune's Uh, orbit Uh, and he makes it and you don't know and it's and it's all okay this wasn't in the summer that i read it really well they probably didn't want to spoil it and then he gets he wakes up kind of crash landed back on earth and they 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 hand wave an entire uh, solar system's worth of travel and just say, hey, he made it. It's like, made uh, it back, guys. Okay. So he wakes up on Earth and they're like, and there's there's different theories on this, but he lands back on Earth and to like NASA guys like pulling him out of the space and be like, out of the ship and be like, oh, you made it. Oh, you're still alive. Blah, blah, blah. Was NASA upset? That he killed a bunch of people? No. Yeah. no were they, were they, they don't even address it. Were yeah, they, they mad NASA? No, they're like smiling, <laughs> thumbs upping him. Yes, they were not. No, they were not mad NASA. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. They pull him out of the spaceship and they were uh, they were actually glad. They were glad Brad's back. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, and then that's kind of how the movie ends. Is there, am I missing a, a closing scene? Or is uh, there Liv Tyler's in the movie. Oh, Liv Tyler's in this movie? <laughs> right. She, she plays She's his wife. Like, you know the role she had in like Lord of the Rings where yeah. she was in it for like no, I don't 30 minutes total? Yeah, he has oh, never wow. seen Lord of the Rings. Oh my lord. But I'm with uh, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She oh, was in it for like, Lord of the Rings? Uh, yes, the one. Yeah, the, so she was in it for like 30 minutes total and this movie, it's, you know, for, yeah, it's about the same. Maybe less. Way less actually. Every I'd time say you three see minutes. Liv Tyler, you're like, wait, is that Liv Tyler? Yeah, you know? well, I did that because I only saw the first two thirds of the movie. Well, yeah. she always phases in and out. So at one point, I was like, "Am I seeing that?" And, or it's, is not that her, the- and it's not her fault because she's not a bad actor. No, I <laughs> <laughs> man, I can't. I've been sitting on that. I've been like, "Oh," but anyway, he's bad actor. But anyway, yeah. So they like. He meets her somewhere, right in like a cafe or something, and they yeah. like reconcile or whatever. It's like a NASA lunchroom. Yeah, <laughs> it, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's Ad Astra. Um, they have a snack at NASA, is what you're saying? Yes. The NASA lunchroom? 
Snack at NASA. Um, so yeah. All right, Luke. This movie is chock full of. Okay, first of all, let's let's all give like letter grades overall. What we think about this movie, Luke? Why don't you start? Uh, sure. I'd uh, let's see. Oh God, letter grade. I'd I'd give it a maybe a B minus. Okay. Maybe a B. Okay. Around there. Um, I would give the first two thirds of it an A plus. I was really loving an A+. it. I loved it. Yeah, it does kind of fall power. apart I in agree. the third act. I agree with that. That that third act, seeing that, if I would have stopped where you stopped and then like the movie kind of faded to black or something. No, it, it didn't it fade. Would, it was a sharp cut. It, it would have at least let me think like, wow, I wonder what would happen and leave you in this mystery. Like, mm-hmm. But seeing that last, yeah, kind of. Uh, let me tell you, I think it's more disappointing uh, reading about it online and hearing from it secondhand on how the last third ends. Um, but I loved um, the, I thought this was a very uh, grounded science or uh, space movie in the sense of like the moon and Mars and like the space programs that seems like a it feels like a very natural extension yeah. of our actual space program. You felt like that's natural. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, On that, I really liked it a lot. Uh, I would give because the last third of the movie it completely falls apart in my opinion, but the rest of it is good. Yeah, I'll just do that math. And so, what's a that I, math stra? <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a seventy percent. So a C. A C. Because the last thirty percent of the movie is not good. Yeah. I don't know if that works out oh, to yeah, a third, I was gonna say, but... <laughs> you're one of those teachers, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm one of those. Uh, yeah, with the last third of the movie is really bad. But, you know, the the first, you know, three-fourths of it is really good. Yeah, and I was invested in Brad Pitt the last very third, much. The last third of the movie is great, but the first three-fourths are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that shows you my public school education. <laughs> now to bring in a public That's... school educator, Luke Alon Seinsman. <laughs> um, wait, 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 wait. Uh, who are we bringing in? Luke Alon Seinsman. All right, Luke. <laughs> All right, Luke. Uh, let's talk about this movie. Sure. Um, okay. First and foremost. Yep. Uh, you gave the movie an overall quality grade. Yeah. What would you give the overall grade of the science in this movie? <laughs> you know, that's a tough one because it fluctuates. There are moments when the science is, like you said, uh, the science is so near and yeah. so real. But then there are things that the movie does that only work because Brad Pitt needs to progress the plot. Yeah. And yes. that removes like points from the science. Like, how are you crawling up this vent where there's like toxic fumes and all this like well, fire got a coming in out? Suit on. He's got a helmet. What the? Is that made I, don't of- know, I don't know how those suits work, but they're pretty protective. <laughs> all right, so so the, it, it was frustrating because it's like a lot of it's really cool, really interesting. I mm. love a lot of this stuff, but then they make like movie trope mistakes, like. Why is there sound in space? Yeah, yep. I thought we well, solved yeah. that. Interstellar came. We, aren't we past that chapter? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we regressed. But then, like a lot of the other stuff is so good. The lo- the lunar rover scene where they're like fighting and like it's like super low gravity. Oh, I, I loved all of that. It was all so right. cool. So I think what we should do then is because I have questions on so many of these things. Sure. Uh, let's start from the beginning of the movie and go through the science, and you can break it down for sure. us go for on it. how plausible it is. All right, so the first science... Space antenna. The first science thing we, we... Well, so the overarching thing of the movie is that they're searching for intelligent life. Like yes. That is like the thrust of, of everything that they're doing science-wise yeah. is, is the search for life. That's the reason they've colonized the moon. Yeah. That's the reason there's a Mars base. That's the reason for the Lima project. Um, do you think in it, your scientific opinion is the search for intelligent life um a question worth answering with such um 
an expensive uh, project. Well, it, it seems like in the movie it's all run by a private organization because mm-hmm. he's military. Right. But they contract him in to like, take care Sp- of this, this problem. The, co- the company's called SpaceCon. Yeah, yeah. Sp- <laughs> or SpaceCom. Yeah. SpaceCom. Yeah. SpaceCom, X-com which I- the enemy within or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, if a private organization were to do it, I mean, we have private organizations spending... SpaceX. Yeah, trillion, you know, millions of dollars to like, you know, fly a car to space and see if it could take a selfie. Like, sure. <laughs> you know... Um, yeah. Uh, so it could be. By the it way, did be. you see I don't that think... new SpaceX rocket? I did. It looks crazy. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's like a fatty rocket. Yeah. I like it's that crazy. it looks like a classic like 1960s. Yeah. yeah with like the, like, the aluminum sheet. Like metal retro, on the outside. retro future rocket. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah, it like, looks great. They popped it right out of like Tomorrowland at Disneyland or something. Or uh, it looks like it looks like a prop from uh, from uh, what's the Twilight Zone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Very much. Yeah. yeah, we were on Earth the whole time. Actually, it looks it like the rocket a... in Tomorrowland. It does. It looks literally but, like that big one, right? Yeah, but just the uh, movie Yesterday is what you're thinking of. <laughs> um, the movie Yes Man is what you're thinking of. <laughs> the the movie Oh no, Yes Man is what I love you, man is what you're thinking of. <clears throat> I love you, Philip Morris is the movie that you're thinking of. Thank you for smoking is what you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Morris. Yeah, I get it. That's good. Um, mm, you're thinking of the movie Smoke and Aces. Uh, Deep guts only. You're thinking of the movie Smoke and Aces. Um, Smoke and Aces. Uh, no, you're thinking of the movie... Oh no, smoking aces. Ah. No, you're thinking of the movie 21. <laughs> no, you're thinking of lucky number 11. <laughs> no, you're thinking of the movie 7. Lucky oh, number 11. Uh, <laughs> what a terrible movie title. Uh, let's let's add it. Let's keep let's All keep right. going. So, uh, so so if a private company you think it's yeah, plausible for you know a the thing is that. like i don't think it's a pertinent enough question in society for us to uh like pursue it mm-hmm. to especially, that degree especially without any sort of like yeah like it'd be different if like we got a signal from somewhere then we're like oh we got to figure out what that yeah. was you know like scientists you know they're planning this trip to mars in the next coming years and right. if they find like bacteria on mars it might excite people enough to want to back you know uh, you know, nah, even, even then, I think probably, most people are not going to be like, yeah, but that, it would take something at like least at that level. Something. Yeah, you have to find like a cat on Mars. <laughs> Just or something. a cat. <laughs> we knew it. We knew you weren't from here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love cats. Don't don't badmouth cats, Luke. Along the science mom. You're the one. I that have brought three up. cats. What? Uh, okay. So, also, uh, legally, because you said Luke on the science mom. I have to. Every time we say that, we have to legally. Someone pays royalties. Um, What was I going to say? Okay. So, okay. You think it's possible? Uh, Okay. Maybe. So now the way they go about it is they have a space antenna. That's right. So what what do you think about that? I'm assuming a space antenna is they never really explicitly say it, but it's like a giant antenna, yeah, meant to like capture like laser communication, maybe. Yeah. So what it looks like, it looks like there's a like a space station at the top hooked up with these like 
I guess like trusses that go all the way down to the ground and mm-hmm. then there's like a base at the ground. Could something like that exist? So like an elevator, like a space elevator. Yeah, we can't really do that because like wind velocities uh, uh-huh. are different at different heights as are right. like the acidity levels and like all these other things and the in the ro- atmosphere. The speed of the tower would it's be different. different. Yeah, because It'd be way faster on the top, right? Yeah, y- yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, what because, do you mean the speed? So, it like um for the rotational speed. Yeah, the rotational speed. So basically like if you spin a CD in order for the outside of CD, of the CD to keep up with the inside of a CD. For those who don't know, CDs are these things that used to exist. <laughs> I think your PS4 oh, still runs right, on old man. Uh, but basically, but even those are read by lasers. So I don't think they spin. <laughs> uh, so they used to, So when they spin, the outside, in order to keep its shape, has to keep up with the inside. So since the inside only has to go a little bit, it's not going as fast as the outside, which goes much faster to keep the shape. Does that make sense? So what so, does that and, mean for those antennas? So basically, uh, the Earth turns, and the top of the antenna needs to be far more structurally sound to keep up with the speed. Uh, which means you would spend more and more weight, more and more iron, more and more whatever at the top than you would at the base. And I don't mm. think we would have enough iron in the world to make it strong enough to resist like solar winds and the speed of the earth, like that, that gotcha. change in speed. So, okay. So now the science of his fall. Yeah. Because he falls from basically the top of it. Sure. Um, and could you tell based on like what you know about the earth's atmosphere and like the movie, could you tell how high the thing was? Yeah, so uh, since they're wearing spacesuits and they have to, and they're they're thermalized, it's not just oxygen, but it seems like they're temperature controlled. I'm guessing they're above, like the they're on like the exosphere, the furthest point on the outside of the atmosphere. Gotcha. Mm. So could you fall from there and wait till you get to a height to open a parachute and then open a parachute? Sure. Really? Okay. Oh, wow. well, yeah, oh, what was the Felix guy that yeah, did he, a thing like Bong this? Gardner is, I think, is his last yeah, name. Yeah, he did like that high jump. The thing is, like, as you fall, you basically have a speed limit running through the sky because your body has a certain shape, has a certain mass, so it catches wind. Oh, and when terminal you get to, velocity? Terminal velocity, exactly. So when you get to a certain point, it's about, I think it's about 2,000 feet of falling, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. you will hit terminal velocity. So no matter where those 2,000 feet are, you'll basically hit it. Okay, now, since the atmosphere is thinner on top, can't go it may be further down. But, but there's but. no like, because, you know, like sometimes like when you see like, so like he was still technically in Earth's atmosphere or he was outside of the atmosphere? Yeah. So for example, uh, like, we, he, why wouldn't you burn up in the atmosphere is I guess is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. So our satellites, for example, that are in space right now are still in our atmosphere. They're just on the outer edge of our atmosphere. Uh-huh. We don't really go outside into space, really. Uh-huh. We just There's go not like, like a, a, a super clear line of like, this is Earth's atmosphere and this is not, right? Yeah. The, the atmosphere is divided into like, I think it's like five layers or something. Uh, and uh, the, It's like the each, meso sphere yeah right? the troposphere mesosphere exosphere thermosphere hey, all those things i was paying attention mm-hmm. yeah very good and i took a i took astronomy for one semester in college oh, so. yeah me awesome. too were we in the same class no That'd did you have crazy. that old guy though yeah yeah oh yeah no but we were not in the same class but i did we weren't in school at the same time really we kind of were there was a little bit overlap what year did you start 2090 <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i started in 2008 Oh, yeah. You started in like 02. No. <laughs> 2005. Do you say ought to? <laughs> Is that how old you are? Uh, okay. So continue. Luke, go on the science one. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, I'm th- so sorry. I, I have to. Um, yeah. Those are the rules. You <laughs> don't make the rules. Uh, so basically, there's no like exact line. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just kind of like it fades out as you go. So it gets thinner as you go further up mm-hmm. and colder. Uh, and colder. 
Yeah. I'm assuming there's absolute zero up there. Uh, is that a thing? No. Is there absolute vodka up there? Is there <laughs> <laughs> somewhere? <laughs> is there um, on the Russian side of the ISS? Uh, I'm sure. Hey Is there a terminal coldness temperature in space where it's like yeah? So it's this cold everywhere, guys. Yeah. So, it's, it's probably the same one as oh oh I know what you're saying. Never. I thought you meant like is there a temperature at which humans can't survive oh. the cold? I'm like it's the same on Earth, man. <laughs> Uh, there's there so space fluctuates like if the sun is out um, you don't want to be out when the sun comes up because you would boil the sun there here we're protected by the atmospheres the atmosphere consumes about 80% of the sun's heat so if you go to space um, you're getting 100% of the solar ray hitting you you're going to boil in your suit so there's they have like to absorb it. they have like AC units basically and polarized shields so that the sun rays don't like That's penetrate crazy. the shields wait so i have a question um so what makes Earth, it, so because people always attribute what makes Earth have its quote unquote Goldilocks uh, yeah. properties is not necessarily the distance Earth is from the sun. It's the amount of atmosphere that we have. And That's like, right. It's a lot of different factors. There's quite a few factors, but basically what you look for in a Goldilocks zone, if you were to look for something like that. Uh, can we define that term? Goldilocks sure. Zone? The, the Goldilocks zone is like, you know, the story of Goldilocks, that like dumb chick who goes in the <laughs> woods. The bear's house. Yeah. And she's like, I'm sure I won't get like attacked in this house. It's fine whatever moral you want to teach your kids i guess and she goes in and she like messes with this guy's house and basically eats and uh, she only wants everything just right because she's spoiled uh basically we're the same way as, oh. as living organisms we don't want to be like too hot or too cold or too dry or too wet or too and not just humans but life itself a life itself yeah so and now that we don't want to it's we can't exist <laughs> we physically could not if the atmosphere was too thick we'd go into what venus has which is a runaway greenhouse effect if it's too thin we go into what mars has which is an arid atmosphere mm. uh so it's not really like specifically a distance mm -hmm. it's uh it's more to do with the type of atmosphere you have the composition of the atmosphere the size of the planet the mass of the planet gotcha. all that kind of stuff okay oh, wow I, right now i am glad for our atmosphere yeah Oh, yeah, that was a stretch. that was it, real bad. It really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just uh, caught it late. That's all. Yeah, it was real bad. It's it, you can leave it. You can leave it where it lies. Um, okay, so the the space the space we've we've established that the space antenna is not plausible uh, to construct such a thing, um, but he could survive a fall from there. Sure. Um, okay. With how many holes in his chute, you know, that's a little oh, bit of a yeah. plot contrivance, yeah. but sure. Okay. Yeah, and I don't okay. even know why. I mean, I guess those are just to add tension, but they didn't really... I thought really it was going to be more intense. They yeah. didn't really affect him at all. It's no. just kind of like... You'd think in the future they'd have, like, future backup parachutes like yeah. they do now. So. Right. <laughs> right. Well, no, in the future they realize that no one needs a backup parachute. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. So what's the next bit of like science fiction -y world building that they do? Yeah. So they establish that he can control his, uh, uh, heart rate oh, and keep yeah. it low at all times. Um, even if you're like 100% a sociopath who, you know, no can, fear can detach from everything. Yeah. You, you can't really control your heart rate that way. That's there are factors external to you that you may not even know are affecting your heart rate. Like, it's true. 
you know i have a student who will sit there and be like oh i'm chilling but as soon as i walk near them without them even thinking they're already starting to like freak out right right like there are just things that that hypothalamus gland man let me um propose to you i have on my apple watch there's a a breathe app yeah and if i do the breathe app i like breathe in slowly and then out and whatever and it always lowers my heart rate and i always feel more calm Mm -hmm. so is it possible that he just has an apple watch in his suit and that's what he's doing maybe and it's like telling him like breathe better not that he's literally doing that but i mean are there uh actual question are there things you can do to like keep yourself calm keep yourself calm of course of yeah. course uh you know if if you take like uh any any kind of like Weed. <laughs> he's like i'm falling better light up smoke them if you got them <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do to control your breathing and, and make sure you stay calm. But regardless, do you think he, do you think there's like a, do you think there's like an allotment for weed on on Brad Pitt's like spacesuit? That's all that's in there. It's just like all that's in there is Brad's, <laughs> is Brad's grastra. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And if it's really dank, then it's Brad's gastra. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Okay, continue, continue. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's things you can do, but at the end of the day, those are like mitigating, you know, things that you can do, but your body, like, you can't control your instincts. And, the you know, the human body has certain instincts, like, when it's hungry, it just feels hungry. No matter how much you want to say, I'm not hungry, everything's fine. Yeah. Your stomach is gargling and it's telling you, eat something, you dork. Uh, same thing with... That's how my body talks to me. Yeah. <laughs> Very well, mean. You, yeah. you friggin' dork. <laughs> what was that? Dork. Uh, I have a question about about his, about Brad Pitt's body and his like telemetry and stuff. Yeah. Um. So the way they do like it's become a common sci-fi uh, trope where they do like a, a a a psychological or like basically like a a wellness test. Yeah. That is like basically him answering a series of questions and they decide whether or not he's fit to do his job. And in this version, he answers a series of questions that are like, uh, or basically it's not even a series of questions. In it's this statements. One, it's one question and he states, they basically ask him an open-ended question, like, how do you feel or something? And then he just answers it to whatever length he decides and like, mm-hmm. however he decides. Yeah. And he wears like a little like meter thing on his throat. Now, what do you think is going on there? And is something like that plausible? Can you capture whether or not someone is mentally fit or physically fit to do something based on like their answers and whatever telemetry, like body telemetry, that thing is reading. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely ways to measure telemetry of the body based on uh, responses to things. I mean, even though it's not allowed in court, things like a uh, lie detector test and uh, there's even MRI scans that can be done while people are talking mm-hmm. to see whether or not they're telling the truth. Now those things aren't used in court because I don't know, but okay. They're not totally reliable. I They're think. not totally yeah. reliable, but neither is DNA. We still use that in court, but sure. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, that's definitely possible. And in the near future, I could see something like that happening. However, mm. what confused me was that, was he talking to someone or was that a computer? I think I, it was a computer. I think it was a computer. It was yeah. like, it was like instant. A, yeah. It's just a really good Siri voice. It's yeah. a really good algorithm or something. Yeah, it like responded whatever curveball he threw it just responded to it instantly i'm like mm-hmm. wow mine can't even get my name right okay well yeah. it's, in, it's in the future luke oh, come uh, on yeah siri <laughs> so the next bit of sci-fi is they tell him that 
His father was sent on this mission, the Lima Project, to find alien life. And based on their experiments, there was like these power surges emanating from the ship that have reached Earth. Is how what's 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 they what's said that? like surges of antimatter. Yeah, I, I heard something delta waves and then antimatter is like being created when it interacts with matter. So basically antimatter is what you think it is. It's anti means against. So it's the opposite of matter. And when it interacts with matter, it deletes it. What? Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. That's in space? Yes. Well, that's, that's, that's like, it, it's like a quantum effect. It's not really something that you can mass produce as much as it is something that you happens. You can't bottle up antimatter. No, uh, no. It's something that happens. <laughs> Unintended on, on mass produce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> but in this instance, I guess mass yes, matters. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was trying to get there. Oh, man. Oh, man. Knocking okay. them out of the park today. Um, okay, continue. Yeah, so antimatter is... Uh, so basically when, uh, you know, you have this idea of like what an atom is, right? Mm -hmm. Like an atom is like a proton in mm -hmm. the middle. That's a positive charge. And then the negative charge, the electron on the outside in like this little loop, kind of like the planets around the sun. Mm -hmm. That's not really how it is. It's more like there's a charge in the middle called a proton. And then there's like this cloud around it. And somewhere in there is an electron. But back in the early uh, universe, essentially what happened is you had all these electrons and too many of them. So what happens is there's like this quantum effect where uh, these are called fermions, which is like... We're getting way... Can I ask uh, you a question? Sure. That's going to make me seem real smart and like I know a lot about oh, quantum great. mechanics. Sure. So as I understand it, uh, in, uh, traditional, in the traditional um, picture of mechanics, in traditional mechanics, I think is the Classical term. dynamics. Classical yeah. dynamics. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll that later, so that's what you said. In classical dynamics, electrons are like a point. Yes. Right, and in as we understand in quantum mechanics, oh, electrons are uh, like a cloud of like possibility or like potential. Here comes the Neil deGrasse Tyson. Potentiality and we, and we uh, potentiality, and we and we uh, when we observe an electron, That's right. it appears to us as an as a point. Yes, so we know <laughs> based on <laughs> oh, we know that based on that that well so that's, my, that's a that's my, a that's a bad de grass bro my my theory is that no uh, my theory is that uh i so you just said that electrons were more what did you say back a long time ago you said the so, electrons are what so electrons so electrons have this property where they can basically pop in and out well no no before that you said something about like uh, a long time ago electrons this 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 it was like yeah so at the early universe we event we essentially had too many of a certain type of something so what we ended up observing was that there was something created so every time an electron was created there was an anti-electron created right and this is antimatter and sometimes the anti-electron would collide back with the electron and they would delete sometimes well, they wouldn't and we have stray antimatter in space so i think so is there equal amounts of antimatter no. as matter? There's nope. more antimatter. The universe is like 90% antimatter. Oh, that's different. That's dark matter. Oh. That dark energy. Damn. That's a totally different thing. Okay, but what about antimatter? Antimatter, anti it, there's very little of it in the universe. It's basically like a le like when you eat a pie and like some crumbs fall everywhere. That's antimatter. There's like crumbs well, left over from the pie. big bang. I clean the plate. <laughs> Just okay, <laughs> so this is then very serious. If Tommy Lee Jones from Neptune is sending antimatter waves sure. at Earth, he's trying to, he's causing some serious harm. He's yeah. going to delete some He's Earth. causing you, some you bad really, damage. You can't really send <laughs> that, that. That's not even good. This is where the movie, for me, like, took a hit. Because you can't really, like, direct 
antimatter as a okay. wave because antimatter is a particle. Well, I don't think he was trying. I think, well, they never really explicitly said what he was trying to do, but I think what he was, the the waves that, or the, the surges that were happening were a result of what he was doing. I don't think he was doing it on purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. regardless, I think that like, you can't really send no, that no, out. No, 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 I'm right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Especially since he's in the middle of the uh, of the uh, ring around Neptune. Uh-huh. So, like, all the antimatter would just collide with the ring on Neptune and eradicate a bunch of asteroids. Now, how would it have been different if he would have done it in the ring around the rosy? Uh, everyone's already no, you're dead. you're thinking so. of the ring of fire. <laughs> no, you're thinking of the movie The Ring. Yes. No, you're thinking of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> We were talking about it earlier. <laughs> no, he lived Tyler's briefly in it. You don't remember? No, you're that? thinking of Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Uh, no, you're thinking of Armageddon. Why am I thinking of Armageddon? Because Aerosmith? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Armageddon. No, you're thinking of X Men Apocalypse. Uh, no, you're thinking of Tupac. No, you're thinking of the Tupac album, Tupacalypse. Nah. No, you're thinking of uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Furious Styles, the dad from Boys in the Hood. His name is Harry Styles. Uh, Harry? You're thinking of Furiosa. Furiosa? But Brandon is thinking of Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to edit on that. All right. Now we're turning to our regularly scheduled program. Okay. So, uh, there, so the gamma or the delta, the antimatter surges. Yeah, whatever the, they call the, it. They made that up for the movie. Yeah, okay. it's, uh, it's pretty antimatter Antimatter's a thing. Antimatter's a thing. So is dark matter. That's totally... That's a thing too. And we, dark I, I'm profoundly curious about dark matter, but we don't have to talk about that because that's not in the movie. It's definitely not. I'm and if it's you, not in a movie and it doesn't exist, I'm going to ask <laughs> you uh, as soon as we hit stop. Sure. There. Yeah. Okay. So the next step. So basically, they pitch him, pitch to him their plan to get him to Neptune. They have to first go to the moon, and then from the moon take a rocket to Nept uh, to Mars. Yes. And then from Mars go to Neptune. Yes. Okay. I thought I when I heard that I was like. You don't need to do that. But I'm really stoked that we get to see the moon and we get to see Mars. Well, so, well, so the idea originally is for him to just go to the moon, then to Mars to send the message. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, when he gets there, there's a new mission to, to go destroy whatever that is out there with uh, from Mars to Neptune. So the idea of the best way to get a signal, and I think they say it's like their last like clear channel yeah. or like secure a, laser secure laser to, to so they want to send so they send signals to deep space from mars now what what what's what's going on with that okay so first of all uh nasa does have a plan to establish a colony on the moon as a base of operation for a pit stop to mars really that's actually a real thing is that the best way to get to mars yeah so basically the the game plan is like we uh, continue to develop the iss the international space station and basically use it as a port to get to the moon because if you can get to the ISS, you only need a certain type of shuttle to get there. That's where you waste the most fuel. But then from there, you would only need a different type of shuttle with far less fuel. Because less there's no, like, you don't have to escape Earth's gravitational That's pull. right. And the moon's gravity is way less. Up top. Very nice. Yeah, there it is. Very good. All right. Um, I'm going to play this for Asan, the science mom. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very that much. That some good science. And then as soon as you say something scientific, it'll be Brandon Shaw, the science mom. You can just go with Brandon, the science mom. Oh, that's true. Oh, that does that's work. Brandon, the nice. science mom. That's pretty good. I'm sorry. You said um, it, so I have to play it. <laughs>
We okay. paid a lot of money for this sound clip, so <laughs> uh, trying to get our use out of it. So, milk it, milk it. So, um, wait. So, let me ask you a really smart scientific question. Sure. So, does that mean <laughs> like, like that setup? So, does that mean so, <laughs> so? Does that mean so? If if the if it, if it became a thing where the moon is the pit stop to get to yeah, um, Mars, right? Yeah, it's like does that stuff. mean you would only really want to try to go to Mars a, 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 a like a couple times a year yeah so getting to Mars you can get there from Earth at any point but there are p- times when we are closer and further away there are times where it is a more direct well, route well I mean like because because the moon would only be between the Earth and Mars like in, in in a reasonable way for like a couple times out of the year like for like a couple weeks span out of the year right no, because um, the moon's moving around. Yeah, the moon's the moving around. Day us. cycle. Yeah, so it's more the placement of the Earth. Oh, if I can yeah. brand on the science on this, yo, please. Because uh, the the Earth and Mars are in different orbits, so that needs to line up. Not yep. necessarily the moon, because the moon is in a twenty-eight day cycle around the around the Earth. So you would you'd really want to only do this trip like maybe two or three days a month. Uh, there'd be a season. It'd be a moon, like a Mars season. Like, like there'd be a season, yeah, because you know there there'd be a, a time period when we are on our probably our aphelion and our orbit, the time when we're in the furthest point from our orbit from the sun, mm-hmm. and then we also want to catch Mars at that point because it is when it's right behind us. Gotcha. So it's like a, a span. That's that's uh, that's summer, sometime in the summer. Really? Probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got you. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Summer, it's Mars season. So it's it's yeah, Mars season. Summer, summer is when we're furthest from the sun. And so you'd want to do a pit stop because uh, it would it would cut down fuel fuel. Cut down needs. fuel, cut down costs. You don't you know, have to use as much metal to reinforce. Yeah. So you know. So, so it, it, in our closest to so in that that moon season or that Mars season in our closest to Mars, how long would a trip from thirty seconds Earth? to Mars is what you're thinking of? But continue. <laughs> no, Mars Volta is what you're thinking of. Uh, how uh, how long would a trip? So how long would a trip from Earth? From Earth to the Moon is what you're thinking. From Mars Earth- attacks is what you're thinking of. But continue, continue. Uh, Earth girls are easy is what you're thinking of. To get from Earth to the International Space. I want to let you continue, but Xenon girl of the 21st century is what you're thinking of. Continue, continue. So weird is what you're thinking of. Oh my That's gosh. so Raven is what it's called. Continue, continue. The crow is what you're thinking of. Um, so, <laughs> how Birdman is what you're thinking of. Birdemic is what you're thinking of. God, you guys are good at this. <laughs> Birdemic. That's a deep cut. That is a very okay, deep cut. I'll so let you finish. All right. So, to, how long would a trip, like Brad trip, Brad Brad Pitt's trip from mm-hmm. Earth? To, let's just say in in our world, because sure. if, so from Earth to the ISS to the moon to yeah. Mars. How long of a trip is that? It's a six month trip. Six. Wow. Yeah. I like that he had that top of mind ready. That's, that's, that's a standard six month. So trip. how long does it take from Earth to the ISS? Uh, that's. Couple hours, per, right? Yeah, a couple hours. Okay, and like a that's, that's five, six crazy. hours. Because we only launch it to the ISS when it's approaching our orbit, like of approaching us. Yeah. So, and then from the ISS to the Moon, how long is that? Uh, that's going to be a about a week. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, the Moon is not as close as you think it is. I it's know. Super the moon's far. So tight, man. 
Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's not tight. That's terrible. No, that's that's awesome. Why is it so far that, away? Because it's so big and it's yeah. so far away. That's crazy. You know, there's things way bigger than the moon, right? Well, yeah, but <laughs> like it's, the Earth, then it's bigger <laughs> than you, know you think tight? it is. Earth is tight. That's what's tight. <laughs> <laughs> the moon is also the moon's tight. It's got no oceans. It's nothing well, a exciting. Bunch of dust up there. Yeah, it's just a bunch, bunch of, of dust. pirates up there. They have an Applebee's up there. <laughs> so they and a, a subway. What did they have on the moon in the movie? They had like a. It's like a mall. There was like a DHL for some reason. Yeah. Like, what are you getting shipping here? DHL well, is shipping. If there's people to you? that live there, they got to get their packages. The DHL is the <laughs> shipping of the service of the future. Hey, they got into the space game. <laughs> I loved uh, the colonization of the moon and yeah. how it was just exactly like earth yeah and you're like this sucks this is terrible yeah. there's literally an applebee's um and i also loved this is what i think is maybe the most realistic thing in the movie brad pitt is on his commercial virgin flight to the moon it was virgin atlantic <laughs> too vir- which i thought yeah. was very funny and yeah. they offer him the blanket and, they, and he's like can <laughs> i get the favorite. he's like can i get the the blanket and pillow They're like yeah that'll be 150 dollars <laughs> Yeah, hey, everything <laughs> scales up. Everything scales up. That's so, so Brad, perfect. so Brad Pitt's. So what's <clears throat> what's the system of propulsion? Do you think that they were using for Brad Pitt's trip to the moon? Do you think it took a week uh, to the moon? Yeah, because it mean, seemed like it was like maybe you know an afternoon of flight. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably some future propulsion. Maybe well, something faster than what we have now. Also, but. it took like ten seconds, based on your description, for him to get from Neptune back to Earth. So. <laughs> Right. It's, it's essentially his beard grew like <laughs> half an inch. Yeah. So, okay. So it takes about a week. So, how we're getting so into the, weeds of this. the time frames in the movie are really solid up until that ending rush. Right. So, uh, um, really... so from Earth to get from Earth to the moon uh, or the space station to the moon is about a week trip pro- yeah. b- propelling at what speed? Uh, speed of a current, like current rocket, space, spaceship okay. rocket. Um, Okay, so then he gets to the moon. Let's talk about the moon. All right, so he gets there, and there's like the government is there. There's like a military base there. Of course. And in order, the launch pad that they're going to is on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. They refer to it as the far side. The far side of the moon. Why is that? Why would you want to put a launch pad over there on that side? Well, because it's not pointing at Earth, it's pointing out. The the far side of the moon always points away from the Earth. And it's always dark over there. Uh, No. 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 Oh. It's it's dark uh, to us. Yeah. But when we have a new moon and you see just a black circle in uh, the, the sky. The Twilight movie is what you're talking exactly. about? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other side <laughs> of the moon is What happens when up. we have a breaking dawn? <laughs> okay. No, serious question. So the moon rotates on its own axis. Y- uh, yes. Very slowly? Uh, at the same rate that it revolves around us. Hell oh, yeah. 28 so days, bro. Hence making it oh. geostationary. Like it, it, the, so it doesn't appear to rotate to us. That's right. Correct. We always gotcha. see the same craters. Oh, that's yeah. what's up. What's crazy is it I didn't you, have to. the moon's tight, man. No, it's tight that we see it from our perspective. And it looks like it never Earth. moves. Yeah. And yeah, it, but it's based on rotates. our perspective on Earth. I know. It, it doesn't nothing even to do with the moon. It doesn't even the moon have sucks, to. Brandon. I'm no, just kidding. Kind of, yeah. it's no, just the moon's the moon's awesome. It's just a rock, dude. It's, it's just a rock. It's just a big a satellite. That's all it is. Yeah, it's yeah. a mountain in you space. You don't think that's amazing that there's a mountain? There's a space mountain. No, you didn't realize a, there's a giant, like, giant space storm that is a giant ball, and we call it a planet because it's so big. And those are cool too. Way cooler than the moon. I think the whole. I don't. Again, I don't have to rank like what's the coolest space thing. But if you did right now, actually, if I did antimatter, because I just learned about that, and that's amazing. Um. Okay. So, 
Uh, where, where did we leave off? The moon. The moon. <laughs> okay, so you get to the moon. The, the launch tight. pad is on the far side. Sure. And they, that's where it is because it faces away from yeah. Earth. Okay, got it. Um, <sighs> how cold is it on that side? Uh, I mean, it gets sunlight and it gets, you know, dark. So it would go between, like, crazy hot, almost boiling, to, uh, you know, below zero. That is crazy. Yeah. Okay. In seconds. In seconds. Because Whoa. there's no atmosphere here. To the sun, it. the sun goes down, but the atmosphere is still warm because it's trapped all this heat. So it slowly re- releases it over the night. But on the moon or on Mars, it's just there's nothing, so it's almost instant. Yeah, that's crazy. So okay, and then up there on the moon, there's different planets, or di- excuse me, different nations that are mm-hmm. up there, and there's also moon pirates. Hell yeah. Um, how plausible do you think is something like that? Very. Yeah. I mean, as long as humans exist, they will fight. For okay. any kind of resource. Here's my problem with the moon pirate sequence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it di- I, it wasn't clear to me what the moon pirates wanted because they nope. didn't seem to be trying to preserve anything. Moon booty. I mean. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I thought, I thought, oh, okay. Fancy rocks. I don't know. Here's the thing. I was like, okay, maybe they're trying to get their cars from them. Maybe yeah, they're trying to. fuel cells but or something. The, yeah, but no. They're just like. The first thing they shoot is like the front half of the car and it explodes. I'm like, well, what are they trying to? Maybe yeah. they're trying to kidnap somebody? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But then they're just murdering people. I'm just like, oh, I guess. They didn't really have a pl- The moon pirates didn't have a really well thought out, you, <laughs> real thought out plan is what I'm saying. You wanted the moon pirates' motives to I be clear. I wanted a 10-minute scene where the leader <laughs> of the moon pirates uh, uh, opens the visor of his helmet and says, Hear <laughs> ye, hear ye. I be the leader of the moon pirates. And they set this moon sail. And they, there's a moon sail. And he says, here, here be what our plan is. And I want him to spell it out. Step by step, what they want, why they haven't been able to get it before, what their home life is like, okay, All where right. they live, what the what their system of uh, economy is within the moon underworld. And what, is, moon, what is a moon pirate code like? And what is their moon pirate drink of choice? Is it like? Are the bones like money? That was a deep cut reference. All right. Uh, okay. So the moon pirates are completely plausible. Sure. Um, Okay, so how was so based on what you know about moon physics? Okay, um, did that did that adhere pretty closely to what moon physics is like? That whole scene. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just physics. It's no, but I mean, like, okay, excuse me. But what moon, about moon gravity? I guess there is what you I'm go. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, fine. It's about a third of what it is here. So you know, if you had a basketball court, it'd be about three times taller. I was. I'll say I was disappointed. When they were on the rovers, and in that scene, that felt like there was lighter gravity. Yeah. But when they were walking around, like, the domesticated part of the moon, it was just, like, regular. Yeah, they didn't animate, like, the hair bouncing or anything different. Yeah, I think there was... I, I, I bet the... That was like an artistic choice where they're like, look, when they're indoors, there's gravity. When they're there's outdoors, artificial gravity. Yeah, Everyone they, they knows. didn't feel the need to explain that. Well, yeah. just total baloney. That's not how you would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, because they survive a pretty terrible, like, flying car wreck because yeah. there's like one third the gravity. But there, if there's one third the gravity, is there one third the, I guess, um, inertia? 
Um, it's not so much the... So, you're talking, like, why they don't get hurt? Because, yeah, when they flew off that crater in the car, they just kind of land. And I was like, oh. Yeah, so it's not really, like, the inertia of a car crash that hits you, that, like, hurts you. It's the sudden stop. That, that time between when you hit... Like, when the car hits a wall... And then the car comes to a, you come to a complete stop. There's like that fraction of a second. Uh-huh. That fraction, that deceleration that occurs over such a short time creates a massive force on your body. Uh-huh. That's what hurts you. The G-forces. Yeah, basically. Um, but if on the moon you have less acceleration and therefore there will be less force because it's less of a deceleration. Oh, so that's plausible. So, yeah, I can see that. Uh, one thing that bothered me about this whole moon sequence is how they introduced the uh, Donald Sutherland character, who was completely ineffectual to the plot. Yeah, <laughs> he shows up. He's like, "Hi." He's like, "Yeah, Bye. I'm. I'm here to the the government put me on you to make sure that you're physically and emotionally fit for this, and I'm just gonna watch you." And he's like, "All right." And then five minutes in, actually, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Allow me to dump this exposition yeah. on you." I don't feel too good. Here's a USB drive. <laughs> so you, Lex yeah. Luthor sent it. Yeah. Basically, he was only there to tell Brad Pitt that. Uh, what, what did he tell Brad Pitt he about told his father? Him, he told him that the mission, is like if he fails, yeah, they're going to try and kill his dad. There was no other way for Brad, in a world where everything is on a computer and stuff, there's no other way for him to figure that out without wasting a character like that. I feel like, wasn't that already kind of the stakes? Like, Yeah, but didn't they tell him that? Didn't they tell him, like, this is the job, well, hey, we got to communicate and shut it down. I don't think they... They just said, like, oh, this is our last, like, we're hoping you can talk to him. They didn't explicitly say, like, we're going to blow him up with nukes. Yeah, but what's plan B? Like, you got to think, like, all right, what are they going to do if it doesn't work? They'll kill him. Like, this is a military. And Brad Pitt's character, he's accepted that anyway, because as soon as it comes to that, he's, like, so down to do it. I don't know. So down to do what? To to carry out the mission. Yeah. Oh, and kill his dad? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I missed the last third of the movie. At the point where he killed the people and then was taking the rocket off of Mars, it felt like he just needed to confront his dad. I wasn't getting the vibe that he needed. He was like, I'm going to kill him. No, no, no. He, but he, he came in there with that intention? He, he, was, he, he, had, he had the resolve, after he murdered those people, he had the resolve, <laughs> I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure this mission happens. Yeah, he doesn't even look for his dad. He, he sets up the nuke first. Yeah. Then he scopes the room. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like so he's he, like, he's all right, there, let's go. Right. He's whatever prepared. happens. Yeah. Now, when he sees his dad and he's like, he sees that his dad is like kind of lost his mind. He's like, well, maybe, you know, something can be saved from this. But all, all the whole way there, he's like, nah, I'm just going to do what it takes to do this mission yeah. because that's what right, I do. Right, right, right. So it just seemed this, like a waste of Would you of- say in the same way that his father, Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, did? I, I could see the that. The same way that his dad had to. His dad had to. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Because um, his dad also killed a lot of people in, in the name of the mission. Yep. For sure. Well, in what he said was the name of the mission. Right. Um, yeah, so the next bit of sci-fi is... So they get he gets on the ship on the moon, and they go to... Uh, they're on their way to Mars, but they stop at a... a, uh, at a, at a what are, what are, what's the word? Oh, like, like a, a research, research satellite. Yeah, there's like a research ship or something like that and it's been like kind of marooned there was like a distress signal it's kind of a side thing like it didn't seem essential to <laughs> yeah there's a lot uh, of that going on in this movie <laughs> what was happening but and so they pull up to it and and, and they're and brad pitt's like nah man we're not stopping here and they're like we have to it's our duty it's sir. international space law yeah sir you know there's a lot of like passive aggressive uses of the word yeah. sir uh so they pull up to the ship 
and that him, one of the guys, the captain and Brad Pitt dock, and they go aboard the ship, and they can't find anybody, and they kind of separate. They're like, "Oh, you go this way, I'll go that way," and Brad Pitt. He's like trying to regroup with the guy. He's like, uh, hey, what's going on? Hey, hello, hello. And he sees the guy from behind and he's like, hey, hey. And he's trying to get his attention. Can't get his attention. And uh, uh, he kind of moves to the side and sees that there's a space bab- baboon. There's a space baboon uh, eating the guy's hand yeah. and face. Hell yeah. And it goes after Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt like traps it in the airlock. And what does he do to it? Because it like explodes. Uh, I don't know what happens. They flush the air, so it should have just flushed out to space. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was because right. like I thought it was just like opening the yeah, airlock, but I it mean, was like blood on the window. Yeah, like yeah, exploded. I don't know what that's that was about. really weird. I, anyway, maybe it was the opposite and like vacuum pressurize the room and like pop him. All right, I don't yeah, know like why you'd want to do that, but uh, why would you build that feature into <laughs> right. anything? Yeah, like why would they make a reverse <laughs> airlock? Uh, there's a fire. Flood the room with oxygen. I'm like no, that's the last <laughs> option you want to have. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that scene, so that scene, the more I think about it, like I get, so this movie is not good because of a couple things. Uh, I think I thought you gave it a 70% where the, that's not good. It's passing. It's not good though. It's passing though. It's like barely it's, passing. It's, it, hey, it's moving on to eighth grade. It's base. It's, it's base. It's like, nah, it's not good. You ever got to see it before? Yeah. I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> I wasn't stoked. Uh, um, anyway, uh, I think that there's a lot of times in this movie where they're like, they they sideline the plot to to give us a very on the nose metaphor, and I yeah. think this is like the first example of like, <laughs> oh, because there's the voiceover too. Yeah, the voiceover is terrible too. We there's a lot of it. There's a lot I of it. I feel like we didn't need that. And there's so many scenes where like he's just telling us exactly how he's feeling, but we get how he's feeling based on how he's acting. Yeah. Because his acting is great. Yeah. I'm he's, not gonna... Brad Pitt's great in this movie. Yeah. He it's, does this like yeah. eye twitch thing constantly that's like, mm. yeah. It's not bad Bradstra. It's good yeah. Brad Bradstra. Anyway. It's rad acting. <laughs> he's a rad actor. Um So I think this metaphor was obviously trying to say like, oh, it's a metaphor for like Oh, we're just, we're all just monkeys in space, and we're not meant to brave this this frontier. And as soon as you leave a primate in this frontier of space for long enough, it goes mad, and we eat each other. Like that, it's basically foreshadowing to what he's going to do later in the movie. Yeah, but it was very on the nose, and like just. And it was also like I saw the aggression in the baboon's eyes. Why are you saying it I like also, that? That was the voiceover in my movie. That no, but why movie. are you sa- no? Why are you saying baboon like that? <laughs> baboon? <laughs> why are you baboon. saying it like that? It's baboon. Yeah, boom. I don't know. Yeah, baboon. Nah, dude, you're making me uncomfortable by saying it like that. Baboon but makes you uncomfortable. I think what was most jarring about that scene is that not necessarily that it's an animal in space or even that it's a monkey in space, but like the the, the would they even take a baboon like wouldn't they take a chimpanzee aren't well, they, they have, closer to us they have rhesus monkeys is what usually used for uh well, yeah, rhesus, but that wasn't a rhesus monkey that was no, a wild a, carnivorous a, a, baboon. yeah that was like a rafiki hanging out out there like what are you doing here <laughs> why bro? would they bring this get back to that reboot yeah, why would they bring this giant carnivorous monkey with them like that doesn't make any sense bring the you know the the very smart herbivore chimpanzee or not chimp but like the rhesus monkeys yeah what, what the what monkey rhesus rhesus yeah like rhesus peanut yeah. butter cups yeah, same, right. same company they also yeah. make monkeys <laughs> yes they make peanut butter cups and space monkeys. They're, they're like, like, they're like yamaha yeah. in that way 
Yamaka is what you're thinking of. <laughs> um, yeah. Hanukkah is what you're thinking of. Hanukkah? Hana Nobel is what you're thinking of. But anyway, okay. So that's implausible and it was really weird and it's really on the nose metaphor. What's the next piece of sci fi? Yeah, he like duct tapes his, uh, uh, his oh, mask. Yeah. He's that like, dude's oh. dead for sure. He's like, oh, oh uh, yeah. I can still salvage you. I'll put duct tape over you before yeah. I take your body out into the vacuum of space. <laughs> yeah. Back to the other ship. Oh, no, he's dead, guys. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, you, you think? The duct tape held. Yeah. I like that there's always duct tape somewhere. Like, you're in the space station, it's like, well, Apollo 13 had duct tape, so everyone's got to have duct tape. Did they have it. duct tape in Apollo 13? They did, yeah. Uh, That's how they got the... Like in the real Apollo 13? Yeah, 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 yeah. they did, yeah. So the next bit of sci-fi is um, they get to Mars. Yeah. And there's like a settlement there and there's like people there and there's the Marsh director of Mars or whatever. And then so there's a little less Wild West than the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it feels like it's just this station. Yeah. I feel like it's just NASA is there. It's not like the whole world has sent people up there. Spacecom. Yeah. Spacecom. Sorry. Not NASA. So they're sending these signals out via laser. Uh, Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, you could do that from Earth, so I don't see what... What, what is a laser... How do you send something via laser? Uh, you just, basically, lasers is just information, man. Yeah, it's like your fiber optics. Like, I, like it makes sense to me. Right. <laughs> so like what? If you have Fios, for example, like fiber optic... They know, don't have internet. it available in my area. Well, uh, he has a... He has a uh, what's that one? That's like everywhere now? Hand crank internet? Is that what you got? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He has. He, it's actually like a rigged to like an exercise bike. So if he wants <laughs> to watch mill. TV, he has to. Uh, he There's has a to, water mill in the back. He has to pedal his bike, Black Mirror style. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, you could. Yeah, so basically, uh, when you want to send information via laser, you're essentially sending coded information through the. Uh, I don't know how do you, how you would describe this other than like I do know how like matrix. fiber optic stuff works but yeah so it's, the, it's same. the same thing it's the same thing you're if it's a laser fiber optics is using a single polarized laser to do the same thing through so, a fiber yeah you, you can do this from like you know uh, the satellites that are outside of the earth's atmosphere they work just as fine because space is space and yeah. I, I, well i think i think the the plot contrivance that they use to to be like basically this is why we have to go to mars to do it is because spacecom is the only presence on mars and it's it's an american presence and they because there's a throwaway line when they're describing the mission they're saying mars is our last um outpost like safe outpost basically like they don't want the rest of the world knowing what's going on yeah um so they're like we you have to send this message from mars because anywhere else it could be intercepted that's where the nukes will come from right So, yeah. So that so okay. okay. I guess that holds up. Yeah, that's that's fine. And again, Mars has I think uh, what is it like something like two thirds the Earth's gravity. So the difference in gravity is not too severe. There. I did love um, that all of the indoor scenes on Mars were apparently filmed at Kim and Kanye's house. Was it really? Uh, no, but lighting-wise, <laughs> it looked exactly the same. <laughs> That's very funny. It, it actually looked... A, that, that Mars set reminded me a lot of Blade Runner 2049. It, the, yeah. What's, what's yeah. his name's house? Uh, Jared Leto's character's house? Yeah, yeah. Kind of looked like that a lot to me. Um, I wonder if it was the same production designer. It might have been. But, um, yeah. so, they... Okay, so, basically, once... The, a met, he, they send a few messages. They don't work. There's one where they get a response back, but immediately they are like, we're done with you, Brad Pitt. We don't need you anymore. You're going back to Earth. He's like, screw that. 
and he co- he convinces um, the director of Mars or whatever to help him board the ship that's going to Neptune because now they're sending a mission to Neptune to destroy the craft. Right. And he's like, I got to get on that ship. I got to see if there's another way. I got to confront my father, whatever. Right. Um, so she tells him, I can get you the launch pad. So she drives him to like the this like manhole and it's like a manhole cover down to like an underwater lake on Mars. Uh, what's that? I, I don't know what that is. Is that a sewer system? I like guess that, that they down? built in there. And there's like a rope conveniently there to like guide him. <laughs> Guys, yeah, it's the in un- case when people, you know, in case anyone needs to sneak onto yeah. the, the, the spacecraft, we'll put this rope down here. Guys, yeah. it's the underwater lake of his mind. Okay. Are you sure? That's what it felt like. Uh-oh. It's just because he's <laughs> like, there's lo- like slow mo him going under the water, and then lots of dial or internal Voice dialogue. Voice yeah, over, yeah, it's yeah, it was real bad. Uh, and then so he, the it lets him out right underneath the, the craft, and it's like a big rocket, and he cl- climbs up just as the the engines are preparing to launch through the the part where the fire comes out they cut it much closer than i thought they were going yeah, to it was like yeah he was just starting to climb up and they're like 10 i know nine. i was like, I'm like what, what? He, are we about to see him die <laughs> is he just gonna get vaporized and the movie's over <laughs> so uh, what are your thoughts on this sequence yeah Luke, so the if month? that is the water that is I used am, to I apologize <laughs> son said it <laughs> If that's the water used to like cool the exhaust from the jet, like sure, you, you would have a water reservoir underneath. Fine, because you could recycle that water. Mm-hmm. Most rockets that we take to space run on water anyway, so sure. Wait, what they run on water? Yeah, you ever notice they have like white smoke? Yeah, that's just water. What? Yeah, there's no so gas. So how does it burn? It uh, basically you overheat the water and you mix it with an accelerant, and the accelerant ignites like a thruster, like. A, <laughs> With water? With water. The water so doesn't burn, put it, it out. Bur- but it burns the oxygen no. in the water. It burns the oxygen, and then what you get left what? out is hydrogen. like water vapor comes out, basically. And hydrogen, right? You're basically like a... a no? No hydrogen? <laughs> I mean, I guess it would have to, because you're burning out water. the oxygen. Yeah, for every molecule of water that gets burned, there's two leftover hydrogen okay, molecules, you, you don't have bro. to flex all your science muscles right now, okay? <laughs> Hit that Asan, the science mon. <laughs> well, what? It's not even... You don't even deserve this. I'm not the scientist you want. I'm the scientist you deserve. Uh, that's a bummer. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, they let out, like, water vapor, basically. They're like, you know, so space steamboats. So what's rocket fuel? Rocket fuel is uh, a mixture of, like, an accelerant. And what? you have a small, it's like a laced amount of some kind of, like, uh-huh. you know, ethyl mixture. And then uh-huh. mostly water. That is crazy. Yeah, the water acts as your base, basically. And then you just go. That's crazy. But uh, because it's water and water vapor, I don't know if you knew this, but if you boil water and put your hand over it, you really burn hot. yourself. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I don't know why he didn't like burn to death upon touching the latch. That must be like 100 degrees at that point or 300 degree latch of like, what is happening? Like suddenly we went into like Looney not, Tunes math. Because it's, it's not just hot when the fire shows up. No. Like it, it's hot long the, before that. The whole sequence, that countdown sequence of like, you know, the, from 10 minutes, they ignite the engines, not at the 10 second mark, but they actually do it like two minutes earlier and they right. start to boil the water and boil everything to get everything going. So that whole area is off limits way before so launch. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. like... In the movies where they run like last minute and like stop the launch, <laughs> hit the big red button that says stop the launch. <laughs> stop the launch. <laughs> okay, so that's completely. No, you're thinking of stomp the yard. <laughs> God. 
right. All right. Edit, edit, edit. So that's plausible. Or not plausible. Uh, the, the whole climbing yeah, up through the thing. Uh, he would have been incinerated. Or really, like, boiled. Yeah, alive. vaporized for sure. Yeah, that's gross. Um, oh, Brad Jerky. <laughs> okay so then uh he gets into the, the 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 airlock he gets through the airlock from the outside somehow yeah and, uh, that's that's really are, convenient cause, that, cause that opens. i'm sure they build airlocks to be really yeah. easily accessible from yeah. the outside and i love that they the have bottom. this giant chamber of nothing that like on this part of the ship that detaches when you get to space so it's like okay yeah. so what what is this? What is happening? What part of the space shuttle am I in now? Like, yeah, okay. you're in the Brad pod, and then he uh, he climbs. Dad bod is what you're thinking of. But continue. <laughs> um, edit, 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 edit. This podcast would only be like 15 minutes if we didn't play all our little games. Um, so he climbs into the the space where all the people are, and they're like, now all of a sudden they're like murderous and like willing to kill this guy yeah. with, without saying a word to him. Yeah, which is the really scientists weird. that were yeah, like, these, yeah, these the scientists, scientists who were very timid in landing the thing, and Brad Pitt had to be like, okay, I'll land it. I'm taking control. Yeah, these people who didn't know what to do when confronted with a space monkey are like completely yeah. willing to just murder Brad Pitt in cold blood. Yeah. They are the space monkeys now. And uh, and he so he dumb. successfully murders all three of them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, okay, oh, so an interesting thing happens. So one of the one of the the astronauts confronts Brad Pitt um, before and as uh, without being buckled in. And as the rockets detach from the craft, the force throws her down so hard that she hits the bottom of the rocket and it kills her. What's what's going on there? Yeah, that's not how rockets work. Uh, <laughs> but are you sure? Because that's how it goes down in the movie. <laughs> so when the rocket takes off, it eventually gets to quite a high speed. So, But the acceleration at first is quite slow, like going like 0 to 40 in your car at an average pace. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of move around it for the about the first 30 seconds or so, and then it starts to ramp up. So it's not like an instant zero to a hundred smash against the wall. It's more like it's starting to get uncomfortable and then now I'm stuck and I can't move. And if you're floating, you will be slammed against the wall probably at like 10 miles an hour and then slowly find that you can't get up from there. Yeah, so it wouldn't be enough force to like smash you against the- No, because it's not, it has to accelerate through zero one two three four g does that make sense uh-huh. it doesn't even, just go to four even g. on even on mars with no atmosphere yeah you wouldn't even have to accelerate as much because mars is smaller with less gravity and has less fast atmosphere to escape oh, so you wouldn't even need to accelerate no. as much as rockets do from earth no that's so why they want to so do they even, set earth so, acceleration on there so it's even to hit less the earth <laughs> acceleration button yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's even less plausible for her to die like that on mars than it would have been on earth yeah yeah that's pretty hokey yeah. Okay, and so he kills the other two. And then the movie ended. For you. <laughs> How plausible is that? <laughs> so he... How long, how long, roughly, and I, I didn't expect you to do this math before we got here, but uh-huh. how long, roughly, is a trip from Mars um, to Neptune? Uh, well, distance equals rate times time, so... So that distance equals rate times time? Yeah, Luke knows what I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> yeah. a rate is a distance over time. You multiply by time. Oh, the I'm sorry. Scale. That's a brand on the science mon fact for you. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that's, a, that's a real equation. Uh, when I walked out of the movies, I, I like sat down with my phone. I did a, a quick uh, 
run through and okay. yeah the 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 times of the distances for that journey the leg going is pretty accurate because like, they said how long did it say it took yeah it's about like another like five or six months i think they said that that's is about right crazy yeah so i mean you think about like uh Vo- voyager one like our, our our satellite that's like left our atmosphere yeah and you uh, mean i mean the uh, solar our solar system that's been going out since like what was the that? 70s the 70s yeah. and it barely left only a few years ago oh my god so so it would have taken him about five to six months to get from mars to neptune yeah so he's like suckling on that like spaceship <laughs> teat that's <laughs> If you're gonna say suckle, you have to say teeth. Come on, those are the rules. Why did they have to show that? Like, okay, you got food. I believe you. You don't have to show you suckling on that okay, space boob. Wait, is this a real thing? Yes. Wait, what? Yeah, he had like a water pouch strapped to the wall that came out, and it was oh, like yeah. a space teat. Oh, was... I missed this. Oh, I thought you were speaking metaphorically. You mean nope. literally? Like literally? Like he's yeah, like, it's like a water spout that he eating, was drinking, and water he's like, suckling. you can't use a cup. There's no gravity. Right. So yeah. the water wouldn't fall into your mouth. It'd go all over. Wow. Have you seen that video of of astronauts with water in space? Yeah. Like pouring it on their head and it's just like a blob. Just it's just like there, a blob. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Gravity's weird, man. Yeah, so they they show that cuz you got a realism, I guess. So, okay. <laughs> so he gets to after 6 months gets to his, the spaceship. Um and there's a power surge, he loses power so he has to dock and then he takes the the smaller craft to his father's ship. Yep. What's the next bit of sci-fi? So he lands on that ship by like prying it open i guess he like jumps out of the space pod because it's broken and yeah he like pries open the latch because of course you can do that <laughs> yeah uh um, and then, then he, he gets in there uh, and why have those bodies not decayed uh i mean they're trapped i guess they're incubated but they should have decayed because it's been like 20 years yeah it's been a long long, long yeah. time it should smell i mean it, you can't smell they should be skeletons by this at this point i mean how is there still oxygen well, right. Hey, whatever. Yeah. You know? Right. I mean, those are questions we really don't. Because oxygen have. and like bacteria and the fumes would like decay the body fast. If you just have the fumes, it would slow down the decay. But where are you going with all those fumes coming off the body? Because if you leave them in their spacesuit, the spacesuit would swell and the body would become pressurized. And if the spacesuit can't break, it would turn the bodies into a soup inside the spacesuit. So kind of like the baboon. The excuse me, the baboon. Yes. Um, <sighs> how that popped. Yeah, kind of. They would do that on the inside. That's used, what used to happen with old, like, uh, what do they call the things you bury people in? Oh, my gosh. Coffins? Coffins. Coffins. Sorry, I totally blanked. <laughs> Come like... Who's the expert Dead now, closets. Uh, they you used know, to, they used to boxes. be They used to be airtight, and the problem was that, like, because they were airtight and packed with so much dirt on top, uh, they there wasn't room for the bodies to, like, vent oh, their air. So terrible. they would liquefy into a soup. And then when someone would have to dig up a body for something, it would explode. <laughs> Ew, that sounds horrible. But yeah, gross. so now when you buy a coffin, they are not airtight. They no, have, like, I specifically valves. want that. If you're digging me up, you're digging up a mess. I want to be I want to be cremated and, and put into Throw a tree. Throw some clams in there. And... No, I'm, I'm going to be buried in a sealed coffin with a bunch of spikes. <laughs> I want spikes shrapnel. in there, shrapnel, broken glass, one last aha, uh, contaminated needles. Yeah, if if you, <laughs> I'm booby trapping essentially. I'm uh, the the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park three ing my own coffin. <laughs> I love Brandon. That. You you should go to therapy. <laughs> uh, so the next bit of sci-fi is. Um, 
well his his father has searched seemingly all the planets they know about and has not found alien life that would be a huge revelation i think for uh the planet earth um and that's kind of whack because he's like searching all these planets and he's like super advanced scientist and it's like but you're looking at the light that came off that planet like you know like kepler 16b or one of these planets that's like 500 light years away Mm -hmm. you're looking at light that's 500 years old which means right. that like there could be life there that just doesn't have the technology right. to emit radio like radio signals or electric right. signals. So there's not sufficiently intelligent life is I guess what we're saying. But I think that that also is another like metaphorical tool. Basically, it's because this movie is a lot. I mean this this movie is about um, it's about men confronting their makers. Yeah, and their makers not being what they thought they would be. And, and being disappointed by that interaction. Like, that's what this whole movie's about. Brett, it's, you know, it's... Because, I mean, what space and intelligent... Lo- uh, what space kind of represents in this movie is God, essentially. Like, the big unknown, like, the big vast mystery of it all. Interesting. And yeah. I mean, all the uh, all the astronauts and scientists... Are religious in the movie. Are religious, mm-hmm. yeah. Overtly, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's intentional. Like, s- space for, for these people in this movie... Um, is yeah it's like it is god so like he tommy lee jones is on uh on a mission to discover his maker to discover god a mission from god yes yeah. essentially no a mission in search of god his journey know, through space is like a prayer journey it, so. basically right like he's on a he's on a, a, a pilgrimage if you <laughs> yeah, will yeah yeah and and then in turn his son goes out in search of his maker and and both of them when they find their maker are um, thoroughly disappointed in a way they could have never even imagined, because um, not because not only is has the search for intelligent life uh, caused him to kill everyone he's assumingly ever cared about and and was friends with, but all for nothing. Like it it returned him nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it just returned him more emptiness. And I mean that's exactly what happened to Brad Pitt uh, in the in the mission he gave everything to. He got there, and it was the worst possible outcome. Not only mm-hmm. did like his father was his father there, but his father was a murderer and a monster and crazy, and never loved him. So it's like, yeah, it's about men staring their makers in the face. So I get it, but like, also, come on, guys. Yeah, you would think like Ridley Scott would have directed this. That's yeah, like, exactly. right up his alley. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is a bet. This is a slightly better version of Prometheus. Uh, that, that movie I didn't really get. I mean, we don't need to get into that. It's because it's it's a it's a much messier version of of this kind of movie. Yeah, mm. this is the kind of movie like, or the, uh, this is the kind of story he was trying to tell, but like was too distracted by his own love of horror that he mm. couldn't really get to the, this. He's like, man, we got CGI though. You know, <laughs> I feel like every single alien movie, and but I, monsters, I, I, I like them, the alien movies, especially the first one. Uh, but I feel like every single alien movie has a, the exact same scene in it where they're like, what are these eggs? Cool. That's Someone like, gets a slime on them mm-hmm. and then whatever. Yeah. yeah. But every time I'm like, wait, have I seen this before? Have I not seen this well, before? This, the, Prometheus is really is worse because they're all supposed to be scientists. And they're like, I'm the, I'm, I'm the biologist. Let me stick my head over this opening. It's just like, come on, man. But anyway, back to this movie. The next bit of sci-fi is, okay, he decides to propel himself back to his craft, which is yep. thousands of yards away, by jumping. Surfing the wave? No, by jumping from this, like, spinning antenna thing 
and then using a piece a piece of sheet metal to to block the rocks and the space debris. Um, first of all, do you think he would have gotten enough momentum to do that, and um, in the speed at which he was able to do it, and would he have been able to just plow through the space debris like that? So the momentum part first. Um so he like spins around this like antenna thing, right? Like mm-hmm. a couple times and like goes flying. Mm-hmm. I could see like if if you didn't have anything between you and the other side of whatever your goal, mm-hmm. uh, sure, because there's no real friction in space. Mm-hmm. So whatever momentum you start with, you'll basically carry that through to the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe with a little bit of like dissipation of energy along the way through heat or something. Who knows? But uh, the problem is. Those little, uh, the little satellites, little moons that make up the the ring of Neptune. Mm-hmm. Um, each time he hits one of those, it would it slow eats, him down. Yeah, it eats some momentum, so mm-hmm. he would plow through Unless it. Unless he then... was hitting them with more momentum than they're pushing back against. You know what I mean? Or more force than he's pushing. Unless he pushes them with more f- enough force that it cancels out the force that they're pushing on him, right? Uh, you can't really do that, but you would uh, you displace them. It's like a fly hitting a bus. The force on the fly hitting the bus is the same as the force on the bus hitting the fly. It's just that the fly is so much less mass that it experiences a greater deceleration than mm-hmm. the bus, which has a huge mass, so a less deceleration. So it's the same thing. They would experience the same force, but because the little kibbles are so small, they would just chip away at his momentum. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't like completely annihilate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do they have enough like momentum of their own to like, you know, blow a hole in his suit or puncture the the metal thing? Maybe. I off the top of my head, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure those uh, those um, the satellites of of Neptune that that ring is in orbit. So they're in so free they're fall. Moving. Yeah. They're free fall. They're free falling around around uh, um, Neptune. So they have some energy that they would like pummel the thing with. I'm not sure if that would work. To be honest with you, I I'd, I'd venture to say that the problem is you're so far away and you're trying to aim for like a door, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's kind of like shooting a target that's like a mile away. If you're off by one degree, that's like a thousand thousand feet. You know what I mean? Right, right. So because exponentially, it like yeah, increases. Like, yeah. So if he gets like hit by one of those things the wrong way and veers slightly off track, which is the most uh, realistic thing that would happen, is he would then and go the, into yeah, a and there's angle. no way to like he would not be able. I, mean, I think he has like a booster. Okay. Yeah. Or something, so he could. Or, but- and technically, if he, so, say he realized that he was going to be off by like uh, a certain number of degrees or like feet or whatever, he could throw that board in the opposite of the direction that's that right. he wants to go. Yeah, that's and right. And that would take him in the right direction. Yeah. But, I mean, he'd be doing some really complex mathematics really quickly. Um, so. And and I, so the thing about the exponential increase of like the direction, I mean, that's like NASA's plan or best best foot forward defense against asteroids, right? Like to go up and move them slightly to change their traje- trajectory so they don't hit Earth. Yeah. So if you had like a deep impact type of giant asteroid thing coming toward Earth, uh, you wouldn't need to blow it up or anything. You just need to like go meet it somewhere far enough away and nudge to, it to nudge it into the orbit of something else, which mm-hmm. is really easy because. Uh, Jupiter essentially eats all of the asteroids that would kill us. You would say that Jupiter nabs asteroids? It definitely does. <laughs> it's been a while. 
thought I'd uh, uh, play one of the hits. It's been five minutes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so then at the end, I didn't see it, but you're describing there's the nuclear explosion, and then he rides that. Yeah. And ju- judging by your face, I think I know the answer. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So can't. So why was he not vaporized? Is what I'm. Because the plot needed him to make it back to Earth to like have dinner with uh, with Tyler. What would a nuke in space with no air do? Because I know there's no sound. Same thing it does on Earth, right? Same thing. Same thing. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Because it's uh, it's uh, it's an uh, attacks the atoms. So sure, it would do the same thing. Are there atoms in space? Uh, There are floating atoms, dust particles. It's just like random stuff. Random stuff. But primarily, it's just nothing. Could you yeah. ride a wave of an explosion? I mean, it sent, definitely would send out a shock wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not sure if you'd be able to ride that or if it would ripple through your ship and tear it apart. Because well, it does, it's, that. it's not like an ocean wave or <laughs> like, here's this matter that's coming at me that I can like, you know, grab a surfboard and like, all right, let's go. That's what I'm imagining is yeah, that he has a surfboard. Kind of what it look is. Like. He yeah. puts on some cool shades. With a Hawaiian shirt? Puts yeah. down his visor. Yeah, puts his arms out and he's like, whoa, cowabunga. So, well, but, okay, so what could have worked is what if he fired a nuclear weapon, uh, like a, some kind of directional nuclear weapon behind him in the opposite direction that he wants to go? Yeah. Uh, Would he, that have worked? Uh, yeah, he, he could have done like that. Like a nuclear rocket? Um... Just yeah. kaboom and whoosh, sure. Whoa. If he's so he's not in orbit around Neptune, that would make it very hard. He's his his spaceship is just kind of floating in space next to Neptune. So I'm assuming it's like just outside of the orbit of Neptune, so it's not locked to the planet. Mm-hmm. So you would only need a little bit to get it going. I don't know why he waits forever to turn on his engines, which he does have, and he just doesn't have enough fuel to like get him back. So it's like okay, you could have done a couple of things. You could have done the whole like. You know, loop around these other planets and like slingshot, slingshot your way back from like moon to moon, at least to Mars, and then from there, like mm. you know, yeah, take a taxi or an Uber. But yeah, I don't know why he didn't do any of that. Get DHL because he's up. a friggin' idiot. That's why. <laughs> Apparently, well, Luke, the, is that the last bit of sci-fi? I think, I think that's Galan. it. I, I think, think that's so. the last bit of sci-fi. With Luke, who? Luke Galan, the science mon. Luke, we, uh, you are a gentleman and a scholar. We appreciate you for coming onto the show and uh, talking through, um, yeah, Ad Astra. Thank you. Ad, what does Ad Astra mean before we wrap it, it means up? means to the stars, and it's in Latin. In so, Latin. Okay. Okay. I yeah. just I couldn't tell. It felt like it was bad Latin. That's a, we can't end on that. That's really terrible. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm gonna edit it. I'll edit it. Um, I want to say thank you to Zach Marsh for uh, making this theme song. Mm -hmm. Um, The one that you've heard all through the episode. Um, Luke, where can people find you online? Uh, Probably Instagram at Art by Luke Galan. That's pretty much it. I don't really do Snapchat. That's no one does. It's weird that that was the only other option that you gave. (laughs) You know, I don't do Facebook because I feel like my mom is on there, and it's like I'm done with that. And you don't do anything. Yeah, and you don't do Snapchat because your students are on there. Yeah, and I don't do anything else because students are everywhere, and they'll. You better hope your mom doesn't start doing art or science. Then you'll have to give both of those up. Oh. Does your mom have podcasts? Uh, My (laughs) my mom does not uh, do podcasts. She doesn't even she doesn't even speak English. She doesn't know what that is. Oh, really? Spanish language podcasts. Yeah, I know, but you know, try to explain that to 
We, me and Brandon have a Spanish language podcast. Oh yeah, what's it called? It's called um, uh, La, La Semana Regular. <laughs> you could just say semanal. 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 It just means the weekly regular. Really? Like, really? Like the weekly. Ooh. Oh, yeah. semanal. Semanal. S e m a n a l. Yeah, like week. And it's like semana, semanal. With an L at the end. La semanal. Is it la la semanal or just semanal? El. El semanal. El semanal. Should it be los since there's two of us? No. Uh, no. I know it's a no. <laughs> or what, what if it was... No. What if it was los semanales? That, that works. Semanales. The Sick. weekly regulars. Oh, goodness. Sick. All right. Thank you guys for having me. It's um, awesome to be here. Thank you so much for being here, Luke Galan, the science mom. We will see you soon. Soon. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Uh, let's let's get out of here. But before we do, I want to shout out Brad, my tattoo artist and best friend. So come And I want to shout out Trey, his wife Christy, uh, and their sons Knox and Hart. Um, I would like to shout out uh, Luke Alon, the science mon, for coming by. I'd like to shout out Liz. You said it, I have to, man. I'd like to shout out Liz Galan, wife of the science mon, for allowing <laughs> uh, Luke Galan to come out and, and do this at such a late hour. Uh, I would like to shout out Brad Pitt and the whole team behind Ad Astra for making a movie that we could comment about. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Um... Uh, maybe Brad should change the name of Foothill Tattoo to Brad's Tatstra. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, go check out Lemon Pepper Wet at the Comedy Central stage. Uh, I believe it's a free, I believe it's a free show. Um, Thursday, October 10 at 8 p.m. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Brandon? Bisha, Bisha, Bisha on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. That's a bad handle. No, no. No. Where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me uh, on social media at Asan the DJ at A H S O H N the DJ. Uh, and you can find me on my website at Asan.com. All right. All see you right. next episode. We'll, we will see you next episode.